Hey guys, what's going on? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Clean Machine. They provide the best line of clean, vegan sports nutrition supplements on the planet. And right now, through the month of July 2017, in celebration of their four-year anniversary, there's a huge BOGO sale going on. So visit them online at cleanmachineonline.com and use the code LEANGREENBOGO4 for buy one, get one free on any of their supplements. I personally use the branch chain amino acids before and after my workout, before it keeps me nice and safe uh, so I don't hurt myself in the gym when I'm lifting heavy, and then after it helps increase my protein absorption by up to 40%. So that is cleanmachineonline.com and use the code LEANGREENBOGO4. Everybody, welcome to Lane Green Dad Radio. Hey, everybody, welcome to Lane Green Dad Radio. From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Lean Green Dad Radio and we're proud to be brought to you by the Parents on Demand Network, which is an app of ton of great a ton of great parental podcasts. So, make sure you go check them out over at parentsondemand.com. What's up? My name is Corey, and if it's your first time hearing us, then thank you for tuning in and spending some time with me. I am a husband, a father of three, and a plant-based athlete, and each week I get to talk to some of the most inspiring folks that I can find to help me stay motivated to stay fit, eat healthy, and really get the most out of life as a busy parent. See, for me, finding time to work out and make quick meals all while trying to spend quality time together can be really tough when we overschedule ourselves. So my job is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks that you'll take away some quick tips or inspiration to keep you and your family going strong. Today's episode, my friends, is all from a text message that I received from one of my friends. Uh, her name's Ashley, and uh, she's a, an amazing photographer. You got to check her out. And... Um, That'll be in the show notes, of course. But her daughter uh, is a very, very small young girl, and she decided that she wanted to uh, eat a vegan diet because she didn't want to harm any animals. And in a family of meat eaters, uh, that is a challenge that she was not expecting. So what did she do? Well, she responded like any awesome, wonderful mother would. And she said, I support you in your decision. And I love you, and I'll be happy to help you. And the next thing she did was text me. <laughs> so I wanted to bring on my favorite dietitian, that is uh, Heather Borders, who is uh, not only vegan herself, but also works with helping people through a vegan plant-based diet and everything else. And I had some basic questions, and then we went into a little bit more advanced stuff. But uh, I think it's wonderful. If you know anybody that's starting off on a vegan diet, and they're just overwhelmed, they don't know where to start. Uh, send them to this podcast. This will give them a good idea of a place where to start. It'll talk about the B12, the protein, uh, all that different kind of stuff, how to get your kids to try new things. We talk about all that fun stuff. So uh, I'm going to get right into it. Again, uh, Heather Borders, she is with Kylo Nutrition. That's her private practice. Wonderful personality, great person, and uh, I'm really excited for you to meet her. So here we go. All right. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to the show. As I said, we have a wonderful dietitian, nutritionist, a person that knows way more than me on the vegan lifestyle and vegan diet from not only a scientific 
perspective, but from an official nutritional side of things. And I always like to have a person like this in my life when I'm talking about these things because it needs to validate what I'm saying. And uh, I also want to fact check my own self. So with that, welcome to the show from Kylo Nutrition, Heather Borders. Thanks for being here, Heather. Hey, Corey. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you. You know, I saw you on TV recently. You're having some uh, local TV appearances there in Jacksonville. Congrats on that. Thank you so much. Uh, Chef Lisa and I, we had a really great time the last time we were on the chat. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, everybody listening, so you know, Heather and I have been talking for a long time. We are working on a couple things together, um, maybe a little bit of meal planning, you know, without revealing too much. We're, we're working on devising a meal plan that will be, uh, you know, efficient for you and a little bit better than what you're used to because there's a couple things that are broken with meal planning and uh, we've kind of put our heads together and we're working on that for you. So stay tuned for that. But um, I want to give Heather a chance to introduce herself to you all, talk about what she does. As I said, she's located in Jacksonville. So uh, Heather, you know, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody kind of kind of what you do and, and how long you've been doing it. Sure. So um, I'm a private practice registered dietitian, and I would like to think that I have a focus in, in culinary nutrition. So in addition to traditional medical nutrition therapy and counseling, I also help clients and customers with cooking. So I go into their homes and we come up with a plan for what type of cooking makes sense for them and their families. I've partnered with a chef, uh, Lisa Franzino, and so she also helps um, plan and coordinate um, and really come up with the recipes that are gonna work well for these families. And um, so those, those are the two main things that I do. I also do grocery store tours, um, and I also focus on worksite wellness. So I have a few things um, in the pipeline, hoping to launch some culinary nutrition programs within some companies around town as well. Um, a lot of things going on right now, but, uh, but very excited to, to get this off the ground here in Jacksonville. Heck yeah. And uh, what's that place in Jacksonville uh, that we talked about, that store? Um, it's like an Native organic... Native Sun. Yeah, Native Sun. I love that place. Give them a free yes. plug. Yeah, they're they're amazing. I go by there whenever um, we stop by to see the godparents of my daughter that live in Jacksonville. And uh, so we're there every now and then. I'll have to hit you up when I come into town. Yes, that place is great. I do tours there monthly, and um, they're very supportive of a healthy lifestyle for sure. Right on. Now, Heather, you yourself, you are plant-based? Yes. Okay, so just so everybody's clear, Heather herself is a dietitian and she works with multiple different clients, um, some of which do not live a vegan or plant-based lifestyle. And I'm here to say that's okay. It's all right because sometimes you know, we need to we need to recommend those things to people that uh, aren't sure yet. They're just not 100% positive. They haven't uh, taken a full leap into the vegan or plant-based lifestyle, and that is okay. Um, what what Heather and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Heather, but what she's doing is trying to make a balanced plate for people on a daily basis. Uh, a diet that consists of whole fruits, grains, veggies, nuts, and seeds, and uh, you know, the folks that want a little bit of meat in there, you know. It's okay. You work that in, but you try to make it um, not the the main part of the dish. And um, you know, before I ramble on too much longer, I want to talk about why 
I'm doing this episode. I Guys, I randomly called Heather up. I was like, Heather, I need you to jump on the podcast with me. I'm just crazy inspired. I have a friend. Um, her name is Ashley. Uh, I'm not going to say her last name, but her name is Ashley. And she is awesome and very close to me. And she has a daughter that actually um, decided that she wanted to uh, become vegan because of the harm that it does to animals. And uh, the funniest thing is one of her favorite foods, Heather, is bacon. <laughs> so her mom actually recorded her uh, breaking the news that she uh, was eating uh, actual pig. And when she connected the fact that it was a pig and she was eating bacon and she loved bacon, that was the true test if she was going to actually go forward with this vegan lifestyle or not. And uh, she said, you know, sweetie, um, you know, bacon is is a pig. And she paused and she thought about it for a very long time. And she decided, yeah, I'm not going to eat bacon anymore. So that was the big test that I could not believe. But um, so I guess, Heather, my question is, you know, it's scary. It's scary for parents, right, to take the leap. Once they've been eating meat their entire lives, it's scary for them to take a to take a jump into this vegan lifestyle. And one of the main concerns is that their kids are not going to get enough protein. So I just kind of want to debunk that myth right away with you. So talk to me about the number one question that people get. Where do they get their protein? And let's knock that out of the water. Yeah. So I think that, you know, kind of, um, I'll touch on that. And then I'd like to take uh, just one step back to what you were talking about before and, um, kind of just discuss plant-based lifestyle in general. And that is a lot of people ask, you know, questions like, what am I eating and how is that causing health issues? You know, what should I not be eating? And I always kind of flip that and say, you know, what is it that we're not eating and how is that causing health issues? And so I feel like from a, like you said, a balanced plate, I think that one of our focuses should always be on asking where we, um, you know, the, the standard American diet is incredibly devoid of, of fiber. And so I always think we should be asking ourselves, where are we going to get our fiber today? And so whether you're a kid or an adult or anywhere in between, um, I always start with, let's focus on fiber and, and filling our plates with fiber. And so of course, as we start to add in more plant-based foods to our lifestyle, um, and maybe someone notices, I think that, you know, the number one question, you know, someone may get when, um, you know, you're eating less and less meat is where are you getting your, your protein and are you getting enough? And, um, you know, of course there are recommendations on, you know, the amount of protein that we need. And, um, as children, uh, they definitely need a lot more protein, um, because they're growing and they need to build those tissues. Um, but as we get older, um, you know, we still need protein. We just don't need as much as I think people um, think we need. Um, we just need to make sure that we're we're getting protein from as many sources um, as from any source, really. So it can be beans, it can be greens, it can be grains. Um, protein is found in sweet potatoes. <laughs> you know, hmm. um, it's found in, in foods that not many people um, realize. And um, you know, even if you're keeping some meat in your diet, some dairy, some eggs, um, you know, it's it's there. And um, you know, again, it's very very easy to hit your protein targets, um, whether you're a child or you're an adult, as long as you're eating a wide variety of foods. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, 
as far as how much uh, is it? You know, I've heard every everything from you know kilogram measurements to uh, pound measurements, but uh, is it? Does it does it matter about your activity level? You know, because like someone like me, like I I'm not a bodybuilder by any means, but I kind of stopped um, endurance training and triathlon training and went back to the gym and put on you know like 15 extra pounds of like muscle over the last year. And so as I'm lifting heavy and I'm in the in the gym trying to bulk up and strength up, I feel like the constant you know, tearing of those muscle fibers to, to promote growth, I need a little bit more protein than um, one would think. So I try to, I, I, but I don't know, is it is it like 0.85 per pound of body weight? Is it a pound per gram, a gram per pound? What is it, Heather? You know, that's a great question. So for your average adult um, over 18 years old, who is just interested in health and wellness in general, nothing elite, um, it's 0.8 kilogram, excuse me, 0.8 grams per kilogram of weight. So if you take your weight and you, um, in pounds and you divide it by 2.2, that will give you your weight in kilograms. Okay. Um, and then you take that number and you multiply it by 0.8 and that's for your average adult health and wellness. Um, that that's just for a healthy adult. All right, and, so I'm 155. Um, 155 divided by 2.2 is so I'm 70.4 kilograms. Right. Times so 0.08. So take that and times it by 0.8, and that's going to give you the grams, uh, the the protein in grams of what you should be eating every day. It says five. It says 5.6, but should, should I move it over to 56? Is that what it is? Um. So decimal? yeah, if you had 70 something kilograms of weight, you times it by 0.8. That should give you about 50-something, 60-something. So 0. 0.08 is what I multiply it by? Um, no, 0. 0.8. Oh, 0. 0.8 equals. Yep, that's it. You're right, 56. So 56 grams for a 155-pound man, yeah, relatively. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's someone who's got a, a relatively moderate level of you know fitness and kind of a, just a normal life, right? Yeah, exactly. And then just FYI, um, kids are their conversion ratio, depending on how old they are, are going to be a, are going to be more than 0.8. So, um, for example, for your six year old, your friend who has a six year old, it would be 1.1 instead of 0.8. Oh wow. Okay, so you take their pounds, divide it by 1.1. No, sorry. You take their pounds and you divide it by 2.2. Oh my bad. Okay. And then you're gonna instead of multiplying it by 0.8. You're ah. going to multiply it by 1.1. Got it. Everybody else probably got that. They're like, duh, Corey, listen. Okay. I'm sitting mm -hmm. here doing math and trying to listen at the same time. All right, perfect. So, so yeah. Um, so the um, there are some reasons why the multiplier would be different. So instead of multiply 8 or 0.8, why it would be different. And um, situations would be, um, at least clinically, would be someone who um, – for example, burden patients, patients um, who have cancer, who might have an immune compromised situation, um, they're going to have a much higher um, uh, multiplier. And, and that's actually very um, variable. So it's kind of subjective, but it's going to be higher than point, point 0.8. Um, as you get older, um, that also might go up a little bit. Um, I, I don't consider myself a sports nutritionist. Uh, I'm not an expert in that. And so I really, w I would assume that it, that you would m multiply by something more than 0. 0.8, but, um, 
but I really don't know at what point would be a good time to do that. Um, okay. I operate in health and wellness land, and um, and so I'm not usually dealing with patients that are are training for a marathon or training for Ironman or anything like that. <laughs> and mad respect for that. You know, I mean, you're you're telling us what you do know and what you're not a thousand percent comfortable talking about, and I I love that. So thank you. Um, all right, so proteins out of the way. We've got that taken care of. Let's talk about, um, gosh, what the heck do we feed our kids? That is what you know. Mm-hmm. Ashley was saying. She's like, look, I don't know what to feed her. And even even bigger than that, Heather, and the, the, the biggest thing I want to talk about for this episode is we've got a vegan kid in a meat-eating family. How does she not have to make four or five different dinners? You yeah. know? How how do they survive? And I'm sure you've I'm sure you've come across that in your practice. Yeah, and it does, it's not usually with kids either. It's usually with uh, you know <laughs> wives coming in with husbands. Yeah, yep. And sometimes it is the other way around. Around actually, where husbands want to jump on some a healthy um, path, and the wives are kind of you know reluctant to jump with them. So, um, you know, the best thing I could suggest is some kind of um, mix and match. And that can be in the form of like a Buddha bowl, and we can talk about that in a second, or some kind of like buffet. And um, basically what you're doing is you're creating components. And um, if you think of like a a taco, for example, you're going to have some kind of green, some kind of shredded, shredded lettuce, shredded spinach, shredded kale, something like that, some kind of green. You're going to want to have some rice of some kind or grain of some kind. So like a quinoa or brown rice, anything along those lines, you're going to want to have some kind of vegetable. So you can have more than one vegetable. So you could have onions, bell peppers, mushrooms. Um, you could even have some kind of starchy vegetable like a sweet potato or a butternut squash. And then lastly, you're going to want to have a bean, um, and some kind of legume. It could be lentils, it could be black beans, it could be pinto beans, whatever. And that right there is going to be enough for anyone who is looking to, um, have a plant centered meal. And then all you'd have to do for someone else in the house who's eating meat is to have some kind of meat alternative, you know, off to the side. So you're really not making more than one meal. You're just having meat as an option and anyone who wants it can take it and anyone who doesn't can leave it be. And then obviously you can top this with some shredded cheese if that's what you wanted, um, you know, for those that are interested. Um, As always, you can top with some avocado, salsa, guacamole. Um, I'm a big fan of putting some cashews in the Vitamix with some water and um, something acidic, usually like an apple cider vinegar, and you can have yourself a nice, um, you know, cashew-based sour cream. If you want to put some sriracha in there for some heat, you could do that as well. So I think the key there is to focus on components when your plate is always going to have some kind of grain, some kind of bean, and a variety of different vegetables, including a leafy green, you have yourself a complete meal. Um, if you, you know, for some people, because sometimes, uh, I love to put mango on these kinds of tacos as well. Mm. So, um, you can always add a fruit in there as well. Right on. So. But she's always going to have to make, if she, if she wants to have meat in the meal, she's going to have to make some kind of alternative. And those alternatives include, I mean, even let's say like in this situation, if, if she chose to make like a shredded chicken or something, or like a ground beef crumble type of thing. She wouldn't have to necessarily make an alternative because in what you talked about, if they used quinoa, 
then quinoa would take the place of a protein, right? I mean, isn't isn't quinoa a complete food and she wouldn't need a meat alternative? Um, so when I yeah, I mean, yes, the everything we talked about is a complete meal. So the there's protein in the greens, there's proteins in the grain, there's proteins in the beans, um the the quinoa, there's plenty of protein there. Um, if her husband or her other children or herself want to have meat, you know, she wouldn't have to make a completely separate meal. It's just right. one more side option um, versus saying, okay, we're going to make a vegan lasagna and a non-vegan lasagna. She's not cooking two different meals. She's just cooking, you know, in components and meat is just the last component. So out of everything she cooked, it's only one of like four or five, six things. Right on. Now, the only thing that we cannot get in a plant-based diet is vitamin B12. Um, and the reason that we get B12 as meat eaters is because the cows are eating grass, which has uh, different things in it, uh, because I believe that it is, it's, what is B12? Is it a bacteria? Yeah, Okay. So I'm going to let you go into the B12 thing and why uh, Ashley's daughter should take a B12 supplement. Sure. So... Um... So you're right. Um, B12 it definitely comes from a um, a bacteria, and so um, basically, when you're, it's very interesting. Um, there are studies shown that most vegans are deficient in B12. However. Um, most omnivores are too, <laughs> um, just to a lesser extent. So um, as a dietitian, um, unless you know, I'm always checking B12. I always want to know what their B12 is. I'm not a fan of supplementing unless there's a reason to do so. Um, so I always want to know what it is. However, almost always, um, I, I see that there's a reason to supplement with B12. And so I, I would recommend it um, for, for anybody who's eating closer to a plant-based diet. And honestly, for most people, even not on a plant-based diet. Um, vitamin B12 is a water-soluble vitamin, and um, it's going to help with um, – basically, it's involved with the health of the red blood cells. And so um, deficiencies can be very serious, and um, if gone for a long time, it actually can be irreversible. So it's nothing to mess around with. Um, it also has some effects of the nervous system, and, um, and so – you know, it, it's it's definitely very simple to do. It, you can get it in a pill form, in sublingual form, or in liquid form, and supplementing just a few times a week. Um, it, you don't need much, and uh, um, it's it's very important, and I would highly recommend it. What is your uh, recommended dosage? I've heard 2,500 micrograms per week. Like, just like if you take one 2,500 microgram sublingual, like on Monday, you're good for the week. Is that right? Yeah, so um, I typically recommend for adults uh, a thousand micrograms three times a week, okay. but um, that's fine too. Um, okay. So I always space it out. I'd be honest; I'd have to look it up what I would do for a six-year-old, but um, but for an adult, I would do one thousand um, micrograms three times a week. And it's not like if she takes too. It's not like B six. Like if you take too much B six, you're gonna have some issues. But if you take too much B twelve, you're just gonna pee it out, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So no worries about taking too much B12. It's just you're just peeing your money down the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, cool. And I don't know what you use for a vitamin source, but I always like to mention, um, I'm not 
like an affiliate with VitaCost or anything like that, but I, I go to VitaCost.com to get my vitamins. They have their own uh, line of stuff that they do. Um, also, Sun Warrior makes a good multivitamin. Um, we could talk about those in a minute, but um, uh, yeah, I, I always kind of like to, you know, heck, we'll go ahead and talk about multivitamins. You know, I'm not talking about Flintstones vitamins here, folks. I'm not talking about like Scooby-Doo gummies or something that are like a marketing ploy that are made from synthetic ingredients that are all thrown together. I'm talking about a whole food vitamin, a vitamin that's made from food and colored with vegetables, like real vegetables, not from concentrate, not anything weird, no additives, no fillers. And um, you can find these if you type that in to the search bar on Vitacost, you can find them anywhere else. And the reason that I use a multivitamin, now, Heather, you're probably going to disagree with this because you can get everything that you need from food. You totally can't. But I use it as an insurance policy. And that insurance policy is there's some days that I'm not going to get enough vitamin K in my kids. There's some days that they're going to miss the greens or they're going to miss something um, in their diet. And I just want to make sure that they get everything they need uh, at, a, at a recommended daily value level at the very basic. So that's kind of how I use the, the multivitamin. What do, you, what do you think about that, Heather? Yeah, that's definitely a very important question and very, um, you know, I know that you obviously want to make sure your kids are getting everything they need. Um, you know, I, I definitely believe that, um, you know, if we can get things through food, the better. And, um, uh, you know, again, I'm dealing mostly with adults. Um, and I'm, I, in general, I would, I, my thought is, is, um, to, you know, wait until there's a reason to, to, um, supplement. So I always have them do a blood test. You know, I'm having most patients do a blood test and if there's a deficiency, we can address it by food first and then check again. And if there's still a deficiency, we can look at supplementation. Um, however, for adults at least, if there is, um, you know, no deficiency whatsoever, then uh, I'm very cautious and um, tend to stray away from supplementation as an insurance policy because um, more is not necessarily better. It can actually be harmful in some cases. Uh, and especially looking at any kind of medications the patient might be on as well. So, um, you know, when it comes to kids, again, um, uh, it's, it's kind of a tough call, but, you know, missing one day, two days worth of, you know, a certain kind of vitamin is not going to harm them. Um, I think it's when, you know, the kids have chronically, has a chronically poor, poor diet yeah. that we're looking at issues. Um, you know, most children, um, and really most adults in this country, you know, we don't have issues of deficiencies. We have excess issues. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, you know, again, on a day-to-day -day basis, I, I'd be very hard pressed to think that kids are, are deficient in, um, in any particular, um, nutrient. Uh, but, uh, again, that's, it depends on, on the kid. It depends on the situation. You know, there's always, there's always outliers. Um, if your kids are eating a plant-based diet and day in, day out, and even if they're eating some kind of fast food, um, or on the go food here and there over a weekend, you know, so long as that's not the norm, they're going to be okay. Um, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just something to watch, and and it's worth you know checking their their nutrient levels every now and then, you know, from maybe every few years to make sure that they're in check. 
Where do you go to check those? Do you just go to your primary care physician or are there you can, other you places? You can. Yep, absolutely. And most dietitians have access to um, some kind of um, lab where they can do a nutrient deficiency panel. So if you know you're going to look at all, everything, that might be the more efficient way to go. Um, but if you're checking particular nutrients, one-offs, you could probably just go to your doctor's office. Right on. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, let's talk about smoothies for a second. Are you a fan or not so much? Great question. And I think as always, it's going to be, it depends. So, um, the smoothies are wonderful that, you know, they taste great and they can be very delicious. Um, the situations where I would, you know, kind of question, uh, their benefit, um, you know, cause first you say, are they safe? And, and the next one is, are they, you know, necessary? Like, are they you know, should we have them just to be healthy? And so I think that the situations where I would be cautious to have smoothies all the time, like on a daily basis, would be things where, like diabetes, um, you know, these are smoothies or food that you put in a blender and you destroy the fiber. So, um, so you're not getting that fiber, which is now um, not going to play a role in governing the way that the um, glucose or the carbohydrates are absorbed into your bloodstream. So um, there may be reason for someone who's diabetic or pre-diabetic uh, to watch their smoothie intake or their um, juice intake because they might see a spike in their blood sugar. Okay. The other situation is um, actually for people who want to lose weight. Uh, usually they will if, if they're really close to their goal, if they're within 10, 15, 10, you know, 20 pounds of losing weight, smoothies actually, smoothies and juices might actually be impeding their progress towards their goal. Because if you look at all the food that you put into a blender and think about eating that whole, that's going to be a little bit tough because the fiber's there and it may be a little bit more difficult to eat all of that whole versus say putting it into a drink and just drinking it down it's a lot easier and what ends up happening is is you end up eating more calories than you normally would um <laughs> and uh and more often than not it's not filling and so you end up eating the same amount of food or not much less food throughout the day anyway. And so it's a very easy way to have added calories. And so when you are trying to lose weight and especially like towards the end <laughs> where you're getting really close, I would actually just say eat your breakfast. Don't, don't drink your calories. Um, for anybody else, uh, I would say that smoothies, especially every now and then, they're just fine. Um, I'm not sure that they're necessary, um, and they certainly aren't going to save anyone eating a predominantly unhealthy diet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I, I agree. Um, can you explain to me how the fiber goes away? Like, it's still the same fruit though, right? Like, it's still, like, if you put a strawberry in a blender, you blend it up, it becomes a strawberry liquid. Yeah. It's the fiber, the fiber's still there? Like, what, what, how does yeah, that work? So yeah, no, it's um, it's technically destroyed. So you know, you think about chewing food. You don't have to. I mean, even though strawberry's pretty soft, you still have to chew it. And um, and so now you don't have to chew it anymore. So we're you know looking at a very, we're looking at a situation where literally the fiber 
within the fruit has been destroyed. So now oh. you don't have to chew it anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Um, now, what if you chewed your smoothies? Now I know that sounds. What if you chew your smoothies? I know that's silly, but if you're going to drink a smoothie, you shouldn't drink it through a straw, right? I mean, you should, you should almost almost chew your smoothie i know that sounds weird but i've heard of it before from a couple other people like if you're gonna if you're gonna have a smoothie you should you should try to like chew it there's nothing to chew so you know it's still liquid so you're drinking it um chewing like roughage like you're chewing up kale you're chewing up um you know even a banana you're chewing it um and versus say it's just a drink it's going down but is that because there's like specific enzymes in your saliva that help the digestion process or like i just i'm not i'm not getting like where the fiber goes like what is the actual is is the fiber the chewing like i don't get it like that's a great question. Um, I mean, I just see fiber as the structure within the food itself. Yeah. And when you blend it up, it, the structure is not there anymore. So, so it alters, you know, it you alters You can kind of think of like kale and water. That's probably the best thing. If you have a piece of kale in front of you and you put it in your mouth, you can't just swallow it whole. That would be a little odd. <laughs> um, you're going to take your teeth and you're going to chew it up into small pieces and then you're going to swallow it. Um, whereas if you were to stick some kale and water in a blender, now it's, it's a drink and you're going to drink it. You're not going to chew up, you you know, it's already basically the blender's doing the mastication for you. The blender is doing the chewing for you. And so, um, yeah, totally. I agree. Um, let's talk about those picky eaters that come into your office that you see, uh, because, you know, kids are picky eaters and I know you're dealing mostly with adults, but what if you have someone say, um, you know, you're like, well, for greens, you could try kale or spinach or uh, romaine or there's arugula, which has a strong taste, but you might like it. You never know. Um, and, and they're just like, no, 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 no. I just don't do anything green. Oh, it's just so gross. I can't do anything green. Like if you have a quote unquote picky eater as a child, how do you introduce foods to them that um, – that you can eventually get them to try. Uh, I don't think bribing them is the right thing. I don't think um, you know rewarding them with a sugary treat is necessarily the right thing. But um, what 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 is a welcoming approach and a, and a way to get them to experience new foods that they might not have seen before? Yeah, that's a big issue. And um, picky eaters don't stop at children. (laughs) (laughs) So with adult, I'll start with adults. And as always, we always back the camera up and we're always there for a reason. So they've, they've somehow find themselves in my office for a reason. And so there's always something, a goal and something that they're working towards and a motivation to do so. So maybe starting with greens may not be the first thing and there may be something else that they want to start with. So um, you know, I would never force anything or, you know, um, I don't see, you know, greens are important and we'll get there, but there's so much other foods out there that can be helpful. And chances are whatever issue they're having is not because they're, you know, not eating greens or they're not eating one food, one particular food. We can always work around that. That being said, um, especially with children, um, you know, it just takes so many times to so many attempts to get kids to try and try something and much less like something. And so I would say don't lose hope and to constantly try 
And some of the things you can do, um, as always, get them involved. And I know that after a busy day, the last thing you want is your kid probably up in the kitchen, up on a stool right next to you, causing a, you know more mess probably. But the more you can get them involved in cooking, the more likely they they will take ownership of it. And I would say it doesn't just start in the kitchen. It starts in the in you know get them to pick a recipe, get a kid's cookbook, get them to pick it out go to the store, have them pick the food out with you, then get them in the kitchen, get them prepping it, you know, once a week, once a month, have them in charge of everything related to dinner or one component related to dinner. And whether it's greens or a vegetable, whatever, um, you know, you give them choices of several different healthy options and they pick which they one they want. And even if they don't try it, uh, just consistently getting them around the food and the process related to prepping dinner, um, they'll get there. They'll come around. And as always, I think learning as a you know being an example. Um, you can always try you know the fun foods where you're making things like ants on a log and pinwheels <laughs> and funny faces. Um, you can sneak foods in there, but then obviously that defeats the purpose of them knowing what they're doing. Um, you can always tie it to something that's important to them. So if you have a kid that wants to be an athlete, um, you know, show them what it takes to be an athlete and pull up their athlete's diet. Even if it's not plant-based, I bet you anything they're eating a pretty clean diet. Yeah, Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady yeah. got to pull up his diet, you know? Exactly. So <laughs> if they want to be like the athletes, then they definitely need to have a pretty clean diet. Um, whatever it is that they want to be, I think it's important to kind of tie that to to diet. Awesome. Well, we will do that. Well, um, Heather, I cannot thank you enough for taking some time just to do a rapid fire with us. Uh, it is late, so Heather and I are – both uh, early early bedtime people because I think I think you wake up early. I wake up way early, and uh, that's just because my kids they wake up super early. So we're gonna we're gonna go to bed. But um, tell us where we can find you, Heather. Where can we find you on the internet? Sure. So um, my private practice and company is called Kylo Nutrition, and that's gonna be K A I L O. And they can find me at kylonutrition.com. They can find me on Facebook and on Twitter. And I'm starting to get a little bit better at Instagram. So. There you go. There you go. You'll, you'll be awesome at it by the time we start working together. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. We'll make sure everybody goes and checks you out. We'll put all that in the show notes. And uh, we hope to hear a lot more from you, Heather. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much for including me today, Corey. Hey guys, what's up? Corey back in the studio. Thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your experience end here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com. There you can find our Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram pages. We've got it all there for you. We've got a YouTube channel of a couple videos we upload every now and then. So make sure you check that out. And of course, if you're looking for a guide for healthy grocery shopping, then uh, right there on our homepage, you've got a healthy grocery shopping guide that is a three-part video series that comes with all these cheat sheets you can take with you to the store. So lots of fun there. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, this is Corey saying keep going that extra mile for your family. See you next week.